This morning, I want to talk about something that I'm calling overcoming the powers of darkness. Overcoming the powers of darkness. The powers of darkness are becoming very, very rampant, and they're trying to harass and molest people. So look at what the Bible says in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. Your adversary, adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Watch that. Your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, okay, he's not a roaring lion, but he's behaving like a lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. That means he cannot devour anyone according to his choice. Are you with me, everybody? He, if he could, that means he tells me that he does not have the power to devour anyone he pleases. There are certain people that have dropped the guard, certain people that are living careless lives, careless Christian lives. There are certain people that are not living in, with an intimate relationship with God, and they're depleted in their spiritual life. And they've dropped the guard so the enemy can smell, enemy can see, and you become an easy target for him to devour. So he has a job. He is on an assignment to destroy, to steal, kill, and to destroy. Am I right? Amen? The enemy is here trying to steal, kill, and destroy, and is looking for people whom he can devour. What does that tell you? He cannot devour everyone as he pleases. See, we have the power to resist him. But if we neglect that power, if we neglect what we're supposed to be doing and cover ourselves and put the God around us and proclaim the protection that God has given to us and live under that protection, it, we become an easy target for the enemy to devour. That's why there are so many people in the church that are bleeding, hurting, and even dying. Why? Not because the devil is very powerful. Because we have done something. We have opened the gate. We have somehow stepped out from under the covering of God. Or opened a, a, a passage. Or you know, caused a breach in the hedge. What happened? In the book of Job it says, When the hedge is broken, the serpent can come in. Is that right? See, we have to be careful that we live under the covering of God, that the enemy cannot penetrate through that. But listen, you and I have a responsibility about building that covering and living under that covering. You cannot live a casual, nonchalant Christian life. You have to be somebody on fire for God. Come on now, amen? You have to be somebody that is on fire for God. You have to have that first love burning inside and making sure you're living in faith in Christ Jesus. Somebody say amen. See, wickedness is on the rise all over the world. We can see that, you know. Innocent people are dying and suffering because of wickedness being perpetrated. Innocent people are being hurt. Okay, Jeremiah chapter 17 verse 9 reads like this. The heart is deceitful above all things, and desperately wicked, who can know it? 
The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? The heart of man is desperately wicked. This is the reason for the escalation of evil in the world. The heart of man is desperately wicked. and That's the reason for the escalation of evil in the world. Ever since the fall of man, the devil has been wreaking havoc in the lives of people. The world is living under the weight of its wickedness. Everywhere you turn, there is murder, there is rape, there is injustice, there is cheating, witchcraft, and other forms of evil engineered by the devil. The devil is going rampant, causing death, causing tears, causing heartache, causing sickness, causing hopelessness, and causing people to live in defeat and hopelessness. Right now, as we live in this time, where there is, where the world is reeling under the oppression of the plague and pestilence called what? COVID. And you and I know that there are theories that this was a man-made thing, right? I don't want to say I believe it, but I don't want to say that because, you know, you can be censored. But I just want to let you know there are theories that reckon that this is a man-made thing that was released on, pop, on the world. Because there are some sinister minds that are actually planning and working to depopulate the world. That is the whole plan. They want to depopulate the world. So you can see how desperately wicked the mind, the, the devil is, working through humans. Look at this, Revelation chapter 12, verse 12. Therefore rejoice ye heavens, and ye that dwell in them. Woe to the inhabitants of the earth and of the sea. For the devil is come down unto you, having great wrath, because he knoweth that he had but a short time. Mm. The devil has a short time. He is on a time frame. The time is coming when he's going to be bound and put into the lake of fire. Into that pit, I should say. He's, he's on that time. And he knows his time is coming. That's why he's so angry. Therefore, there is, there, there is that great increase and multiplication of evil. Escalation of evil. Because why? He knows his time is short. Amen? His time is short. And his time is getting shorter, therefore he's becoming angrier, viler, and more evil, and visiting this evil on mankind. But church, I don't want to focus only on the devil, his works, and glorify the devil. I'm just giving you some understanding of what is going on, but I have hope. We have hope in the Lord our God, in the midst of this chaos. God has designed for his children to live in victory and triumph over all the wickedness. We are called to rule and reign in this place right now with Jesus Christ. That means we're not supposed to go under and be, and be harassed by the enemy like anybody else or everybody else. No, you are very special in the eyes of God and God has made a way out for us. Remember, whenever you're going through a crisis, tell yourself there is a way out. 
there is a way out. It may seem impossible and you may not be able to see the way with your natural eyes and nobody be able, may be able to guide you or lead you, but don't accept the fact that there is no way because truth will make a way. Where there is no way, God will make a way. When they looked all around, there seemed to be nothing but death written all around. They couldn't go forward because there was a sea. They couldn't go backwards. There was the Egyptian sword that was ready to go through and pierce them. There was no way out. That's why they began to murmur and grumble and complain and said, Why did you bring us into the wilderness to kill us, Moses? They began to wonder if they would survive the next, this night. They would be killed. They thought they were all going to be annihilated. But in the midst of that situation, See, the Bible was not written just to tell us stories and Sunday school stories to get us excited when we were kids. It's the truth. If we can believe it, we can have it. If we can believe it, we can have the same experiences. Where there is no way, God will make a way. Hallelujah. I don't care what the devil tries to do. God can still deliver you. You know, the man can do everything he wants with the help of the devil to try, try, try to stifle you. Try to put you in bondage and make sure you suffer. But if you trust in the Lord, God will get you out of that situation. Look what happened. So there were so many different, I mean, two, four, four, I think, quad, quadrants of uh, uh, soldiers that were assigned to keep Peter in the prison. Now, Peter was not uh, an anarchist. Peter was not a rebellious person. Peter was not working with swords. He was not in the military. Peter was just a preacher. But he was such a threat to the government. Are you with me? That they had to guard him with soldiers, with spears and swords. And besides that, they put him into the inner prison and they kept guard with, eight, with those soldiers 24-7. And it seemed certain that he was going to be beheaded. There was no way. Because the highest authority had already determined that he was going to kill him. But the highest authority did not know there was somebody higher than him. I want you to be encouraged. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know what kind of pressure you're under. I don't know what kind of situation you're in. And it seem, it may be seeming like there is no way out of this situation. I want to encourage you and let you know, friend, don't give up. But God is about to break through and give you a miracle even today in Jesus' name. You might have come to the end of the road. It might be, you might be hanging off the last bit of the rope and you might have hit the rock bottom. Let me tell you, there is a way out and the way is called Jesus. Come on, call upon that name. Call upon that Lord. Call upon God and he will deliver you. When there is nothing that man can do, God can still do something for you and I. God is our answer. Jesus is our answer. The blood of Jesus is our answer. God has a way out for you and I. Somebody say amen. Don't give up. That's my message. We are called to overcome the powers of darkness. We are called to walk in victory. We are more, this is what Paul said, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. We're not the defeated foe. I don't want us to have the living with this mentality of, oh me, poor me, 
Who cares for me? Nobody loves me. Nobody cares for me. Look at this. I don't have money. I don't have influence. I don't know nobody. You know Jesus. All that matters is, you know Jesus. And He is our answer. He is our deliverer. He is your healer. He is the one that will set you free. Say Amen. In the midst of this chaos, God has designed you. Say, design me. Say it again. Design me. To live how? In victory. Shout victory. Come on, shout, I said. We are supposed to be living in victory. That doesn't mean just because of COVID, people have, are losing jobs, and so you're scraping the bottom of the barrel. You don't know how to survive. You don't have enough. You don't know how you can make it through. Let me tell you, God has a way out. We're not supposed to be begging. We're not beggars. We are sons of God. Even during this time, we're supposed to flourish. In the midst of famine, you shall flourish. That's your portion. That's where you're supposed to be. That should be your experience and mine. Not living just like everybody else in the world. I don't know how God will do it, but God will do it. I said, I don't know how God will do it, but God will do it. You know, the Bible talks about Elijah. Who God said, go to the river Kid, the stream or Kid, the brook called Kidron. Cherith, yeah, brook called Cherith. That's right. I thought I was wrong. <clears throat> the brook called Cherith. And so he goes there. And the Bible says, God sent ravens to feed him in the morning and at night, in the evening. Wait a minute. I just found out that the word that has been translated raven can also be translated Arab. So we don't know if it was a bird or an enemy because they were Arabs, were enemies. But God can use your enemy to feed you. If it's a, either way, it's a miracle. If it's a bird, it's a miracle. If it's an enemy, it's still a miracle. But God is a God of miracles. So you don't know. Oh, I don't know anybody. People that don't know you will come and bless you. People that don't like you will come and give you. I'm talking about a God to whom all things are possible. And he said, to him that believeth, all things are possible. Praise be to God. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. And I want to add something here. He said, Elijah, stay by the brook called Cherith. And how many times did he send the raven? In the morning? So maybe you should, we are supposed to eat only twice a day. Isn't that a good thought? Over people with overweight problems. You didn't give him three meals. Who told us we have to eat three times? Good thought, right? I thought I'll add that for free. Praise God. Amen. All right. Okay. In the midst of chaos, God has designed us to live in victory and triumph over all forms of wickedness. Come on, church. We cannot let COVID run rampant. And take away our friends and our relatives. No. We got to stand up against this thing and say, Devil, COVID, you will not hurt my family members, my friends, and my, you know, all those acquaintances. No, you have no right. Somebody has to stand up and, uh, stand up and put up a standard and say, Hey, thus far and no more. You have no right to enter into my house because we are blood-bought children. You know, so many times it's difficult for people to believe this because all this is spiritual. 
when we talk about the blood of Jesus, when we talk about using the name of Jesus, our mind cannot compute. It cannot understand. Because you see, say, okay, I speak the name of Jesus. I decree it in the name of Jesus. So, has it happened? My mind says, you're a fool. No, but you have to understand. There is a spiritual activity that is going on. When you speak in the realm of the spirit, your mind may not be able to comprehend, but the devil can. Because he is also, he's in the spirit realm. So, when he sees, we'll talk about this later, but I just want to mention this. When he saw the blood on the doorpost and the lintel, the blood has a voice. It was the blood of a dead animal, right? But wait a minute. When Abel was murdered, by his brother. And he lay dead. God spoke from heaven and said, Cain, your brother Abel's blood is crying out. The life of a man is in his blood. The life of the flesh is in the blood. So the flesh may die, but the blood hasn't died. And so, when the devil, the angel of death came and saw the blood, don't think it just saw some red color. The blood spoke and said, thus far and no more. You have no right to enter in. That's what the blood said. Blood speaks. You cannot enter in. That's why we need to know how to apply the word to our lives. Because when we are full of the word and we speak the word and the word is proclaimed through our mouth, we, our mind cannot compute, but in the spirit realm, it's power, it's life, it's a destructive force against the forces of darkness. Because the Bible says what? The word of God is a sword of the spirit. So every time I'm speaking the word and say, devil, you have no right. This is what the Bible says. I was healed by his stripes. This is what the Bible says. In the midst of famine, I shall flourish. What am I doing? I'm using the sword and saying, I am cutting to pieces lack. Lack cannot exist in my pocket, in my wallet, in my purse, in my bank account. Oil could multiply. And flour could multiply. Every day. In the widow's kitchen. Right? Is God limited to multiply money in your bank? Oh, I'm asking a question. Does God have the power to multiply anything? If he can multiply oil, can he not multiply money? If he can multiply something in a kitchen, can he not multiply it in your pocket? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Be it unto you what? According to your faith. This is not just a nice story that was written in the Bible. This is to encourage us to believe that while the banks are shut, while the governments are running dry on money and they're printing money like it's nobody's business and money is losing its value, while things are becoming so scarce 
and shops are being shut and you're not permitted to go out, hey, don't lose hope because the multiplier is in your house. Your groceries will continue to continue to increase. Fresh vegetables will show up in your refrigerator. The bag of rice, you keep taking more and more every day and it seems like it's never emptying. Something is about to happen. I'm preparing a people now to face all kinds of attacks and calamities the devil is bringing upon this world. This wickedness cannot and shall not prevail upon us. The forces and powers of darkness have to be overpowered by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Look at what Jeremiah says. Jeremiah chapter 2 verse 6. Neither said they, where is the Lord that brought us up out of the land of Egypt? This is what the Lord did. They, that the Lord led us through the wilderness, through the land of deserts and pits. Oh, it's a land of desert, no water, no food. But he led us through the deserts and pits, through a land of drought. See, no rain, no water. And of the shadow of death. Wow. Are you listening? Through the land that no man passed through and, there, and where no man dwelt. And I brought you into a plentiful country to eat the fruit thereof and the goodness thereof. In all their journeys, did they lack anything? They did not need pharmacy. They did not need doctors. Their vaccination was the word. People are taking vaccines and dying. This vaccine gives us life. So is pastor saying, don't take vaccine? I'm not saying nothing. It's up to you. All we want is for you to live, not die. That's all. It's your choice what you want to do. But I'm saying there is power available to us in Christ Jesus to live a victorious life, a life of triumph. He said, hey, sit back and think about how I led these people through the wilderness, through the desert, through drought, through pits, through places where, where, which were filled with wild animals, snakes, and scorpions, and not one died. There was not one feeble one among them. That means there was not one sick person. It was not because the, 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 the people were fit. I mean, the, the, the population was filled with doctors and nurses. No. It was because of his presence. Daytime, there was a cloud. Nighttime, there was a pillar of fire. His presence never left them. When we live in the presence of God, the enemy cannot come close. When we live in the presence of fire of God upon us, the enemy cannot come close. My friend, that's why it's so important for you to be on fire for God. On fire for God. See, that's, this is what I'm trying to say. We cannot afford to live a casual, religious, Christian life. Our, our, our walk with God cannot be a dead walk. It cannot be just like cold meat. You know, if you take a piece of meat and leave it on the, on the shelf out there, on the kitchen table, what's going to happen? After some time, flies will start gathering in. Is that right? Take the same piece of meat, throw it on some fire, what happens? All the flies leave. 
And one of the names of the devil is Beelzebub. That means the Lord of the flood. We cannot be cold toward God. We cannot have a cold relationship thinking, I, I belong to this denomination. I belong to this church. No, do you belong to Jesus? And is Jesus living in you? And are you on fire? You have to begin to stoke the fire inside and begin to cause the fire to become a burning flame on the inside. Revival is necessary. Individually, we have to be revived on the inside. And when we are walking with the fire of God inside us burning, the enemy can come in a many ways and it come like, come like a flood, but the Lord will raise up a standard. Hallelujah. And in the midst of this chaos, in the midst of this pandemic, you will live in faith. You will live fearless with the attitude of a victor, not in pride and arrogance that you are somebody. No. The one inside me is somebody. The only thing that COVID will fear is not you. Not your ripples, not your six-pack. It only fears the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who has put him under his foot and crushed. Increase your prayer life. Increase your word input. Increase your intimacy with God. This is no time to just seek after things of the world, but this is time to seek his face. He said, seek my kingdom and my righteousness, and all these things shall be what? Added unto you. All these things shall be added unto you. Hallelujah. You are called to live, overcoming every challenge of the devil. Thank God for what Jesus did for us. He died on the cross, shedding his blood. And until recently, I really did not have a full understanding of the value of the blood of Jesus. I knew the blood of Jesus cleansed me from sin. And, I was, my, and my sins are remitted in his blood. But I did not truly grasp the value of, until I realized that every time the high priest went into the Holy of Holies and he was permitted only once by God. And every time he went, he had to go with the blood of bull for himself and his family first. And when he went there, he had to sprinkle the blood seven times facing eastward, Call up, calling upon the mercy of God. It's called the mercy seat, hovering by the, hover, the angels hovering upon them. And it to burn incense, this is praise, significance of praise as we enter in. And it to sprinkle the blood. And the Lord said, and he gave him instruction, he said, next go back, bring the blood of goats and sprinkle it for the sins of all the nations. He had to do it. He had to do these two things. But then he said this. What is the seat called? Come on, say it again. The mercy of God is invoked by the blood. The mercy of God is invoked by the blood. So when the blood is sprinkled, God said, in his mercy, he said, put the incense because you know, you will die otherwise. So praise becomes my protection. And praise enables me to walk into his presence with the blood. And so what happens? Watch this. He said, in that place, I will meet you and I will speak to you. Wow. 
So every time I come into prayer with God, I'm not just having a casual talk with a friend. We've been given the blood of Jesus. Use that. It's an awesome weapon God has given us. He said, when you come, in the book of Hebrews, come into the very throne room with what? Boldness. How can I come with boldness into his presence? With the blood of Jesus, he says. The blood of Jesus is the one thing that gives me the right to enter into the Holy of Holies. And by coming with the blood, what am I doing? What is the blood? The blood is the life of the flesh. Is that right? So watch this. I'm coming with the blood into his presence. So I said, Lord, in the blood of Jesus I come. What am I doing? The blood, which is the life of Jesus, is now invoked. Now, that causes the mercy of God to manifest. Because I'm invoking Jesus, who is my Redeemer, who paid the price for me. His blood has been invoked. Now, it's Jesus I'm invoking. And so, when Jesus comes, mercy comes. And now God says, I will meet you there and I will talk to you. So when you go to God in prayer, you can go expecting, when you use the blood, you can go in expecting God to manifest himself, to meet with you and to speak to you. Somebody say amen. So don't say God is not talking to me. If God is not talking to you, that means you have not learned how to use the blood of Jesus. Because he said, I will meet you there and I will speak to you. Say amen. Learn to use the blood. The blood of Jesus is of our Lord is our protection. Calls upon the mercy of God. The mercy of God manifested. 1 John chapter 5 verse 4 says, For whosoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. We overcome the world because one, you're a born again child of God. Am I, are you born of God? I said, are you born of God? I said, are you born of God? Then say, I am an overcomer. Say it again. I am an overcomer. God in the book of Revelation is not looking for wimps calling themselves Christians. He's not looking for people that live a defeated, surrendered, and hopeless Christian lives. No. Every time while he was writing those, that le- to those letters to the seven churches, he said, He that overcometh shall be rewarded. So what's God looking for? Overcomers. Say, I'm an overcomer. Why does God ac- actually expect you to live the life of an overcomer? Because you're born of God. What does that mean? That means he has, he has placed his very seed inside you. And he has placed in you the potential to live as an overcomer. Now you and I have to cultivate that to release that potential. It's not God's responsibility. He has put the seed inside me. And he calls me the son of God. A son of God like you and I. Everyone is a son of God or daughter of God. That means we have the seed of God inside us. And we have the potential to live 
and overcoming life. So God expects us to overcome our situations. God expects us to overcome our challenges. God expects us to live the life of an overcomer. Say amen. Hallelujah. So let me read that again. Whosoever is born of God, overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh our world. How? By even our faith. You cannot live an overcomer's life without being a man or a woman of faith. It's our faith that enables us to overcome every challenge that we come across. Everything that the devil throws against us, we overcome that. We beat it. We destroy it. We walk over it. We live in victory all the time. Say amen. Hallelujah.